Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael the dad and Hank the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Michael Owl, and I'm here with Hank Owl. Hank Owl, what's new in your world, man? Uh, we went to Helen, Georgia. That was fun. Where is Helen, Georgia? <laughs> uh, Helen, Georgia is in northern Georgia. That's right? true. Okay, that's good. Good. <laughs> I'm glad I know that. You see how far this is planned ahead. And what is Helen, Georgia known for? Helen, Georgia is known for looking like, I guess, how we think Germany looks like. How, yeah. I guess, mountain Germany looks like. Yeah, it's supposed to be like an alpine village kind of October festy kind of big celebration. Uh, the architecture is inspired by that. I don't know if they picked a specific town or not. We've been before and we went to the museum that told us all the information about, you know, how they had the idea and how they executed it. But I don't remember that information. Do you? No, I don't think I was even there when we went there. You were there. Where was it? <laughs> it was in, uh, it was near the kind of. Ten, you know, town center tourist area, kind of near an art gallery. Like you took a left on the street near the public restrooms or some of the public I restrooms. I must have been paying zero attention. Uh, hold your microphone up to your mouth and point it in my direction. Not that, not that way. There we go. And then tell uh-huh. me what was your favorite part of going to Helen? Favorite part of going to Helen was probably zip lining. I went zip lining with a friend of mine, and we originally were just doing like the canopy tour, which was a lot smaller. And then we decided to do the big zip line down from the top of the mountain to the bottom of the mountain. So was the big final thing the was that the most fun part, or was was all of it fun, or what? That was the most fun part. Like in the middle, one of the fun parts, because I was looking down like an idiot. And yeah. there was, like, so you could see a bunch of trees, so you couldn't see real, the real height. And then eventually all the trees clear. And I had to look up immediately, because then it was always like, trees, trees, trees. So this is fun. This is why I'm so high. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and your mom and I had some fun while you went and did that. We went to, uh, there's a new hotel there, uh, kind of up a little bit from the town center. And it's adults only, and they have a nice little view of the golf course and the hills. And we went and had a glass of wine there. So I think everybody enjoyed that time. That's cool. Would you go back to Helen? Oh, yes, definitely. All right, cool, 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 cool. Uh, did you do any dancing like a chicken? Oh, yes, I did do dancing like a chicken. So tell them about the, uh, that, that fest hall a little bit. The fest hall is like a cafeteria. I think like a good cafeteria, a partying cafeteria. <laughs> with a bar. A partying cafeteria with a bar and an outside fun area. The oh. cafeteria at a fall festival. <laughs> All right. That sounds... That sounds... Or, uh, sorry, a cafeteria at an October festival. <laughs> that, that sounds pretty good. That sounds pretty good. What are we talking about today, Hank? We're talking about Venom. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Venom, Venom, Venom. That's exciting. So explain for people and to myself the relationship with this movie and does it fall in the Marvel Cinematic Universe or canon or not? Or what's no, the relationship? No, stop talking about that it does. No, I'm no, no. I'm asking the no, question. No, no. Sorry, I'm more talking to people listening. Because everyone <laughs> says, 
because it's part of the MCU. It's what? No, it's not. So explain. Leave. Explain what it. Explain what it is. Where it is. Takes place. I think it either takes place in its own Venom verse, which is actually a Marvel storyline. But Venom in its own Venom verse, or I think it's aligned with the Amazing Spider-Man movies. And they're planning to make its own cinematic universe because nothing's just an independent movie anymore. Well, uh, nothing based on a comic book is. Oh yeah, true. But I mean, what do you want? It's a comic book character movie. <laughs> true, but like you can just keep it at one movie. But there's going to be a Silver Sable movie, Ooh, a what? Black Cat movie, and a whatever his name is, the Vampire movie. I've never heard of Silver Sable or Black Cat. Who are who are they? Black Cat are they is the Catwoman of the Marvel universe. Okay. Okay. Is, cat, is the Catwoman to Spider-Man's Batman? Okay. Okay. That'll great. That's cool. What about Silver Sable? Silver Sable is. We need to get that Spider-Man PS4 game because that'll show you who Silver Sable is. Look at that. Look at this. It, not only is it fun, it's educational too. <laughs> Spider-Man. Silver Sable. At least in the game, because I know nothing about what she does in the comics. In the game, she leads this kind of private police force that is hired to start revolutions and revolutions. And he's hired by Oscorp in this game. Okay. Oscorp being uh, the head by Osborn, who was evil and was the first... Green uh, Goblin. Green Goblin, one of Spider-Man's arch enemies, correct? Yes. All right. All right. So, what did you think of the movie, man? It was terrible but enjoyable it was terrible but enjoyable terrible but enjoyable all right so expound on that a little bit what did you find terrible about it and what still made it able to and what makes you able to say you still enjoyed it it was still enjoy it because it's just a fun to see symbiotes fight symbiotes it was bad because it didn't trust the people watching Ooh, so it over explained it oh yeah it over explained so spoilers 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 always so, spoiler alerts. Tell me, uh, can you remember a specific instance where it did that? A specific instance is when this was hidden in casual, I'm putting quotes for sarcasm, casual conversation uh, between the Venom symbiote and Eddie Brock. And basically he says that, oh yeah, just by the way, word from the bird on my shoulder... Fire hurts me, sound hurts me. If I get near any of those, I'm going to get hurt. Yeah. Instead of just having a scene where fire or sound hurts him, allowing the viewer to see that. Oh, Hank Harris, you are Hank Owl, excuse me. You are hitting on one of the one of the tried and true cardinal rules of great screenwriting is show, don't tell. And you're absolutely right. They told. Instead of showing us visually or having it be you know, uh, demonstrated another way in the movie. You're, it was just a, hey, you're right. It's like Superman going, and don't forget, I can't have kryptonite. <laughs> it was very awkward. And uh, I'm, I'm proud you noticed that, actually. And also, remember, we were talking about this after seeing the movie, that gun scene where the police are fighting Venom, and they kept going like, machine gun fire, pulse grenade. Right. like They kept saying what they're about to do, changing my scopes to heat. Well, I think it was in uh, Despicable Me or Despicable Me 2, where like the woman was talking to Groot about that, because like, he was doing that exact same thing, like, you know, shotgun blast, and then he would whip out a shotgun or whatever. That's, that's not the exact example, but 
It was that was you're right. It was that was bad. But I, I actually I liked this movie. I think more than you did. Uh, I liked the beginning of it, the cool outer space. You know, again the origin story of Venom finding this parasite symbiote out in outer space. That those scenes were cool to me. The actual visual effects of the symbiotes were cool to me as well. Like, like it looked cool to me. Well, yeah. If anything, it did not lack. It was its visual effects. Tell me about uh, Tom Hardy as the actor Eddie Brock, who becomes one, and or with Venom, or becomes Venom. I don't know how to exactly what the right way to phrase that is. Did you dig him or no? Uh, I mean Tom Hardy's a great actor, and I think he actually played the person, crazy person with a voice in his head, very well. And I think this goes back to the script and my complaints. Is that it feels like he gets over murdering people very fast. Ah. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. And then there's some casual, what am I doing? And there's like no eating people, but there's not like, oh my God, I just ate someone's face off. Yeah, you're right. That was kind of, um, yeah, he dealt with that very practically. <laughs> he came around to that, like, I guess comfort level of eating, ripping people's heads off pretty, pretty quickly. Maybe part of that is the fact that his brain was melded with venom. So maybe that was part of it, but uh, you're right. Um, Some of Wade Wilson's insanity. Maybe that's a comic reference. Well, explain the reference. Uh, The comic reference is that it was made in a Deadpool storyline that venom, the first person venom ever took over was Wade Wilson. Who is uh, Deadpool. Okay. And Deadpool's insanity, like, mixed with Venom and is kind of responsible for how murderous he is. Oh, interesting. You think that's the same in this case or oh, no. probably not? No, it's not. It's gotcha. Just, I just wanted to point that out. That's interesting. So Wade Wilson... my knowledge. <laughs> that is impressive. So was Wade Wilson the first Venom in the comics? Was he called Venom also or was it just a... F- was it Wade Wilson affected by this symbiote? Uh, Wade Wil- I don't think he was called Venom, and this wasn't like when Venom first appeared. He appeared as Wade in Wade Wilson. Well, technically, the first one was Peter Parker, the first Venom, and then Wade Wilson. Oh, okay. But this was added later in like a flashback sequence. Oh, okay. All right. Well, let's get back to this movie we're talking about here. Uh, so. What I didn't realize going into this is that the symbiote, and let's just call it Venom, uh, there are multiple, hundred, what is it, hundreds of thousands of these of symbiotes. Quintars. Was, was that what they're called? Yeah, that's the that's the race name. Are you saying Quintar or Clintar? Clintars. Clintars. All right, cool. So Venom is a one particular Clintar, and apparently he's a loser in the world of Clintars. Yeah, in the comics, he was actually a loser for wanting to merge with a body instead of just consuming it. Oh, interesting. So not in the comics, they're not all just excited to be symbiotes. No, they want to destroy the body that they're in. And in the movie, it was clear that Eddie Brock, who is portrayed as a loser, they call him a loser. I, he, makes, he does one really horrible thing at the beginning that kind of just you know, tears his kind of world and life apart. And I guess that's why he's the loser. Because before that, he is actually a really, really successful journalist breaking down uh, 
you know, people in places of power, you know, and exposing them. He's an investigative reporter. Did you think he was a loser? No. Well, he looked like a loser. Just how he was dressed, I guess, because it's Tom Hardy, man. He's movie star good looks. Yeah, but it kind of looked like a loser was how they set up in that first sequence after, like, the title. Actually, after, like, he does that really bad thing. He kind of is acting like the movie loser. Okay. Like the BA loser. Okay. And what did you think? Who was the who was the antagonist in this? The antagonist movie was the symbiote riot. And who else? I can't remember his name, but the CEO of the Life Foundation. Right. So this like, you know, big multi this Elon Musk type figure, correct? Yes. Right, so he's doing, uh, he presses ahead on this experiment he does with basically he's trying to, you know, make, create, you know, superhuman symbiotes. So he does human trials where basically the symbiote goes into the human and apparently has to be a perfect match or very close to perfect match, almost like a, an organ transplant, I guess is the metaphor they used. Uh, and it doesn't work most of the time, correct? No, it does not. So, but with Venom and, and, uh, Eddie Brock, it did. So yeah, who's the it, who's the love interest in this one? The love interest, I still can't remember the name of anybody. Uh, her character's name's Anne, and her name is uh, Michelle Williams. Really talented actress, really underutilized in this, but that's often the way the the wife slash girlfriend role goes in a, some of these comic book movies, unfortunately. Uh, Tell me, did you Pepper Potts to become rescue? Let's say it again. Never mind. Ob- obscure what reference? So, if you make a reference, you need to explain it, to everybody, so we can know what it is. Okay, not really an obscure reference. Uh, rescue is when Pepper Potts, you know Tony Stark's wife, is kind of the Iron Man like persona she becomes. I got you. So yeah, drawing a cool parallel there. Yeah, you're right. Though I feel like uh, Pepper Potts gets more to do than Michelle Williams did in this one, but she's had more movies to do it in also. Um, so gradually, we, we come to this kind of showdown. What is the end game, or what is the, uh, you know, what is, what's the other, what's the other, I've forgotten the name. It's not Rage. It's not Rage. What's the? Riot. Riot. <laughs> so what is Riot's end game? What is Riot slash the CEO of the Elon Musk guy, what does he want? Uh, he wants to bring back more symbiotes to the Earth so he can conquer it, so the Clintars can conquer it. But also, more importantly, he wants to set off a rocket before he's inside it. Okay, so yeah, so what was the rocket? Where were they? Were they going somewhere? Were they bombing something? What were they doing? They were going into space to Clintar. Going to get some more Clintarians or Cl- whatever. More Clintars. <laughs> more Clintars. I think. Okay, and so, yeah, so he's in that room. This bothered me, too. He starts the countdown for the rocket when he's still in mission control, which is just silly, right? (laughs) Also, everyone's ears then would have been shattered. By what? By him him starting the... By what? Based on what I said? Uh, No, just another cool fact. (laughs) Flexing of knowledge. What you got? Uh, You know how there's water? Always running, rushing water after a rocket, under a rocket as it's going off. I did not know that. But That's t- because with 
out that. Yeah. That sound pollution, mixing it up. Right. The sound of the rocket would be too loud for anyone near it. No way, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So that'd be serious ear damage all around there. Outstanding. All right, so we got another uh, little flaw in the movie here. Um, I do want to also talk a little bit about this car chase thing. <laughs> so I'm not a gigantic fan of car chases. I would say in general, if you're going to have a car chase, as you will often in action movies, it should be uh, innovative and exciting, uh, something we haven't and seen before. And shrinking cars and Man in the Wasp. That was that was a nice. That was that was pretty cool. They did that pretty well. So this car chase, you know, comes in the middle of it, and it looked like, you know, like some Hollywood executive just said, you know, it's about been about an hour into the movie. We need a big set piece car chase, and it just wasn't interesting. I was so bored. I was enjoying the movie tremendously, and it completely took me out of it. So I had to watch this 15, what felt like a 15-minute car chase. Hopefully it wasn't that long. Like that Mission Impossible car chase from before. Yeah, like it's just it just drove the movie to a halt. And you know what happened at the end of the car chase? Nothing. Like nothing had happened. Like the plot wasn't changed at all. There was no character development that happened through the car chase. We got to see full Venom, though. Full Venom happened. Great. So maybe we can see that another way. You know, or if you're going to have a car chase, there, there should be some like dramatic impact on character or plot. And this was basically like, okay, the bad guys want to get them. And at the end of the car chase, the bad guys still want to get them. <laughs> like nothing, there's no, 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 no furthering of the story, really. And so Although that, there that was just, some innovation. Tell me about some innovation. Complete ignorance of master's orders. Of, okay. I mean, those drones? Uh, we don't want him dead. Okay, I get that. I get that. But I'm just going to send drones <laughs> crashing right, into I'm him. Right, I'm just going to slam drones into his face, you know, if they, because he moves out of the way if they don't hit him. But, like, so, like, that would... Uh. I, I want him alive with a bunch of drone-sized holes in his face. Yeah, those drones were so weak. It was just, just, I don't know. Yeah. At any rate. Uh, so I again, I, besides the car chase, I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed Tom Hardy. I enjoyed the special effects. Um, I liked how they set up, you know, like someone like bad guy annoyances, small small time bad guy annoyances in Tom Hardy's life, like the roommate who plays hard rock all night, like the the mob guy who goes and shakes down the convenience store owner woman. So like I liked that they got their just desserts with the help of Venom. Like that was a nice touch. That was satisfying. But, you know, overall, I, I thought it was a good movie. It, it was good for what it is. You know, I had no crazy expectations that it was going to be this, you know, amazing, life-changing movie. What should we uh, do our rating on this thing, man? Mm. Obviously, you've got symbiote goo we could do. The times on a launch pad. The, the, la- the, the minute countdown. Well, how do so we have three countdowns or four countdowns or five countdowns of the thing? I don't know. Uh, can I just complain about that anymore? Yes, please. <laughs> As we know that fire is the symbiote's weakness, so why would you put as a symbiote any risk of getting blasted with fire? And also, why would he even reveal himself as a symbiote? Just pilot it. Just be John Jameson. Piloting, I only said that so I could flex my knowledge of John Jameson. <laughs> who's John Jameson? John Jameson is Jake <laughs> Jonah Jameson's son, who's an astronaut in the comics. Awesome. And I do know who Jonah Jameson is. He's the editor of the Daily... Some, one, of the, one of the newspapers in Spider-Man Daily World. Daily People. 
The Daily Bugle. That's what and I thought it was. And he's actually in this movie. Uh, Jameson, the astronaut Jameson. It's an Easter egg. It's John Jameson. Really? Well, okay, the very it's, not, it, it's not said to be John Jameson, but that's theorized to be John Jameson. Okay. <laughs> it's definitely a nod to John Jameson. In the, in the very beginning, one of the ast- all those astronauts were killed, right? Yeah, but there was one alive, and it was John Jameson. And he was alive with the symbiote. Yeah, that's, that's had, why he, he was alive. A, he had ogre. Yeah. Oh, had, ogre, uh, ogre. Ogre. Riot. Right, riot. So, how many symbiote names do we know? Venom, Riot, Carnage, um, Shriek. Mm. There's like well, carnages. Since, since you mentioned Carnage, let's let's talk about the end credit scenes before we wind up the, this thing. So there were two on this one, right? Yes. What was the first one? The first one was Eddie Brock interviewing Cletus Cassidy. Played by Woody Harrelson. Well, Woody Harrelson, another beautiful actor. Indeed. Mm, he's beautiful a lot more. His mm. hair was... Uh, he's beautiful. He's beautiful <laughs> the actor, worst but, wig ever. But yeah, the uh, and I guess that's just how he's drawn in the comic books as well. Oh yeah, and that's a staple of Cletus Horrible, Cassidy. bad, rad hair. But uh, so he was at was he Alcatraz or somewhere like that? Yeah, not Alcatraz, but yeah, somewhere like that. Maximum security type prison. Yeah, and he says he'll grant Eddie Brock an interview. So Eddie's back. You know, he's back on full career now. Um, is Venom out of him by the end of the movie, or no. is he still a part of it? He is still a part of him. Okay. So that was the end credit scene was with the interview with that guy who will be... Carnage. Will be Carnage. Not to be too on the nose about it. Right, and there's another... There's going to be Carnage. Another end credit... Yeah, he was like, and when I get out, there'll be Carnage. Oh, I'm saying the name of the character. So that was a little cheesy to me. But. Like, when I get out... There's going to be a symbiote called <laughs> Carnage. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I guess they had to do it, but okay. Uh, so there was also another end credit scene. You Which remember was a, that? Basically a trailer, and a more in-depth trailer of Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, and it wasn't a trailer. and It was like just one, it was a scene from either that movie or, or, or something not in that movie. Like it wasn't actually, they didn't couch it as a trailer, like in a world where blah, 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 and this, and they didn't have the actor names like that. It was a scene with, who is it? Um, Who's the Spider-Man in this oh universe? Miles? I'm more focused on oh, Miles Morales. Miles Morales, all right. He's also in that PS4 Spider-Man game. Oh, is he really? Not as Spider-Man, but the character of Miles Morales. Okay. And that movie is coming out, this animated Spider-Man movie in a different universe involving multiverses and multi-versions of Spider-Man. Meanwhile, that's coming out pretty another soon, right? universe. Do you want to see that? Oh, uh, yeah. It's okay. a Spider-Man movie, so I have to see it. Well, there we go. So if he sees it, we're covering it. Um, all right, cool. So what are we using? Let's use... Um, golly, what else? I'm trying to think of a little trinkets or something that was involved in the movie to... Uh, drones. Smashy drones. Smashy, horrible drones. We'll do that. <gasps> all right, so how many out of five... Five being the best, zero being the worst. How many smashy, horrible drones do you give this movie? Three. Three. I thought you were going to go lower than that. All right, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it three point two five smashy, horrible drones. 
Because I was going to give it three, but since I liked it more you know, than zero, you, I feel like I had the best to... number of smashy horrible drones. Zero is the best number of smashy horrible drones. Uh, Awesome. All right. So I enjoyed it more than you. But uh, if you guys haven't seen it yet, if we just ruined it for you. But <laughs> if for some reason, I would still say go see it. I think it's appropriate for, you know, for most folks. There's not a whole lot of uh, anything, really. I mean, the, the violence is... <laughs> There's not is, a whole lot of anything, really. Well, the violence is... Uh, I mean, it's the, comic there's not a speck of blood violence. in there. No, yeah. There's no gore uh, whatsoever. Even like if the head gets bitten off, it's all... You not know, it's, it's, it's not like the body is then walking around with blood spewing out of the neck or anything like that, uh, which we wouldn't want to hear about on a podcast, would we? Sorry about that, guys. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, Hank, what are you reading these days? I am reading this book called Pax. Spell that for me. P-A-X. Okay. Pax. That means peace in Latin, right? What is that? What is Pax? Pax is just the name of the main character. Name of one of the main characters. Okay, what's uh, it about? It's a dog. It's about a dog that they abandon. Uh, this is about this family who abandons the dog because they can't really keep it. It's a, uh, technically, it's not a dog. It's a fox. That they've <laughs> That's a big difference. <laughs> made a dog. What? Not made, not made a dog. It's a fox that they've tamed. Okay, so it's a tamed fox. Yes. Which is never going to be a dog. <laughs> All right. Okay. So how far into it are you? Uh, not very far. The beginning. What's the uh, inciting incident? What's happened to make the story actually happen? Uh, inciting incident is when a boy, the boy goes out to get the fox, find the fox again after they leave it because they can't really uh, care for it anymore since his dad has to go off to war. Oh, wow. So what war? What, when does this take place? I don't know. I'm getting World War II vibes. Okay. And definitely takes place in the United States? Uh, yes. All right. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. What are you reading? <laughs> what am I reading, We're so asked? professional. Uh, I have just finished, last night, uh, the book Dark Town by local and writer Thomas Mullen. It's his third or fourth book, and this is the first book in a series called Dark Town. And it's cool. It takes place in, I think, the late 1940s, maybe early 1950s, in Atlanta. And it is about the first African-American police in the city. Uh, so it's pretty fascinating. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It's a uh, you know, crime novel, mystery, but it's also uh, literary. And uh, I really liked it. It took me a little while to get into it. But I would definitely recommend it. And I will probably read the sequel later on, though I'm going to not do it right away. So... That's what I am reading. Anything, anything else to say about Venom, Hank Owl? Hmm. Let me start talking and then get on the rocket. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, if you want to keep up to date with everything we have, that the Owls on Culture uh, team is doing, please go to pineconeturkey.com and sign up team, for the flock two people. <laughs> email. Yeah, team. Two people, team. You want a duo? duo? Are we a duo? Should we be a duo instead of a team? Duo, a squad. A 50, I, I feel like your mom helps out as well, even though she hasn't been, uh, you know, on mic yet. A trio. I, I, let's go with team. A team is like ten people. A team doesn't have to be with ten people. All right, <laughs> <laughs> but we digress. <laughs> what are we talking Thank about? you very much for listening. Uh, up next in the Owls on Culture lineup. We'll be doing uh, recaps of every Doctor Who episode. Our the season premiere is out. 
we've released our show. I hope you listen to it. And we will be taping uh, our episode about uh, episode two uh, very shortly. So take a look at those. And thanks, as always, for listening. The TARDIS looks really dark. Da-dark, da-dark. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Owls on Culture podcast. Our theme music was recorded and assembled by Marine Serzier and Antoine Harad. The show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit pineconeturkey.com, where you can read the latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts and sign up for the Flock email, a twice-a-month newsletter that delivers a short film, poetry, short story, and visual art right to your inbox. It's your monthly dose of art curated by Pinecone Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening.